morning. It's early. Bam, we're live. It is early. Well, you know what it is? Is I, I just got a, I just got a crazy morning. Uh, yeah. yeah, I just got a crazy morning. It, it's, 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 I got to do some shit that's going to take me out of my comfort zone. Yeah, I got you. So I'm, um, it's, it's, it's nothing major. It's, it's, my son has an infection. He got some antibiotics. That, well, first we tried the holistic route. And yep. then, then after a few days of that, then he, uh, then we tried antibiotics and they didn't work. And then we found out that the, they just, they just, it's a urinary tract infection. So they just did some tests on him and they're like, oh, he has a UTI. So they gave him antibiotics. Uh, and then basically they should have done something with the urine, like to double check something else. And they didn't. So now I got to go back there and I know he's bummed and I know it's yeah. stressing me and my, me and his mom out. And I'm just like, oh, and my wife's like, I'll take him. I'll take him. Don't worry. I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm going to take him. Like it's dick stuff. I like, I need to take him. And I know that they're going to be like, put a mask on and I'm, and, and I'm going to fucking grab my ankles like a compliant little bitch. Cause it's anything for my son. Yeah. So just, just going through my, you know, I got you through what's a perfect life and then complaining. Cause I got a splinter. I know. Exactly. Exactly. You know, it's, um, it's wrong. I should be cooler. Wait, let me see. Am I monetizing this shit? I need to be making money off of Sherman. Man, I'm going to, um, you're going to pay me money every time you swear because your mom doesn't like you talking like that. I remember you told me that. It's done. No more swearing. It, it, it's done. Your mom doesn't like it. You told, <laughs> you told me that. I told you that on the last show? Uh, yeah, I think so. You're like, my mom tells me to clean the language up. I was like, all right. I, I, had, a, I had a handful of listeners tell me that they didn't like me. Uh, um, I'm not even going to say the phrases, but they're two popular phrases. And one of them has the word God in it. And the other one has his son's name in it, Jesus in it. And I would use those phrases a lot. And some of my listeners were like, hey, man, I really like you. But can you stop using those phrases? I was like, sure, no problem. And people are like, hey, man, don't bow down to them. But it's not bowing down to them. It's an easy fix for me to do. And I, I, I like the challenge of the discipline. Um, and, and I don't want to alienate people. Like if they were like, if they were like, Hey, shave your mustache. My religion doesn't like it. It's it's, it's, it's offensive. Like I would be like, hold on a minute, but like, yeah. I, I don't have to use those. I, I, I can make it, I can make an effort to make, you know, on something, this window's frozen. I can make an effort to, uh, to make things more comfortable for other people. Wow, all my windows are frozen. That is so bizarre. Well, at least I see you. At least the main window is not frozen. Let me see. Oh, shit. Wow. Oops, there goes another swear word. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Sherman Merricks with an S. Um, I, I know Sherman. Um, we're CrossFit buddies. Uh, Sherman owns Dynasty CrossFit in Gainesville, Florida. Correct. Correct. And... And um, he also owns a um, uh, another business in Gainesville, although I think it's worldwide, right? Yeah, you would, yeah, yeah. You'd work anywhere. It's called Lasso Frameworks. Correct, Lasso Framework. Correct. Um, he has a. He's very well known. Um, maybe even most well known for um, the work he's done. Um, in the name of his podcast sums it up very well. Um, Matrimonium Money Podcast, and Sherman's a big believer in financial freedom freedom yes yeah um how old are you i'm 38 born yeah, in 38 yep yeah and uh and you have 
three three kids. kids, three kids and one wife. You do have, you still have a wife. I do have a wife. Congratulations. That's awesome. Some uh, people, this, um, the response to this thing they call SARS-CoV-2 has put stress. The societal response to that, that they're calling a pandemic has put a lot of stress on people's marriages. No, not mine, man. It's been better. I've been able to spend more time with my wife and kids. It's been better. So, you yeah. know what? I think I can say that too. I almost feel guilty saying that like I'm showing off. <laughs> no, I don't, man. I mean, Hey, like, I mean, like, I love my wife. I love my kids. I got to spend more time with them. Um, it was definitely an adjustment. You, you know, it's an adjustment when you're not used to working from home, then being at home all the time. So you have to come up with, you know, boundaries and rules, but yeah, we love it. I don't. Yeah. Um, I like it this way. <laughs> I do. Yeah. I, I definitely have used everything that's happened as an excuse to further go down the road that I wanted to go down with my kids. Definitely. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so I was listening to this podcast you were on with these two guys, they're local guys um, in, in your hood. And basically it sounds like the premise of their podcast is to promote Gainesville businesses. Oh yeah. The Woe podcast. Yeah. That's my buddy Colin. Yep. And um, there was a lot of talk about keeping up with the Joneses. Yeah. In that. And you know, that's really, I'm in either denial or that's a phenomenon I don't experience. Yeah. And so when I hear people talk about it, I'm just, I'm totally, uh, I'm, I'm totally tripped out. But, but before I go there, what does that mean to be debt free? I know that sounds like a, a maybe a dumb question, no, to a lot no, of people, no. but, so but I don't know what that means. What's that mean? No. So there's two pieces of it. One is, um, you know, you could be consumer debt free. That's what most people really strive to. So no credit cards, no car notes, um, you know, personal loans, none of that. And then the big one is when you have all of that, plus you also don't have a mortgage, right? So I'm at level one debt freedom. I don't have any loans or car notes, any of that. Now, the next big one for me is no mortgage either, right? So I won't owe anyone a dime. So that's sort of two levels to it. Um, and being so totally honest, some people really want to get to level one and they're totally fine with riding out their mortgage for, you know, 15, 30 years, just paying it off slowly, but surely. There's, there's some folks like me, like I want to get it done rather quickly. And like, I don't want to owe anyone so that regardless of what happens, like I don't need a lot of money to survive. Right. Because I think that, right. Right. You know, I think that, uh, debt freedom at times in certain circles gets a bad name. Um, but we're, when we're talking about the average person, the average person needs to be debt free. Right. We can always look at Warren Buffett and Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk. Oh, look what they do. But I mean, these guys are rock stars. Most people aren't rock stars. They just want to be. But I mean, you make, you know, 70, 80, 100 grand a year. You're not really a rock star when it comes to finances. Right. Like, that's fine. But it's not, you know, it's not it's not billions and millions of dollars per year. What What about this? What about um, your you you pay off one house mm-hmm. and let's say you own a five hundred thousand dollar house. Correct. And then you buy another house for that's like $250,000 or, or let's say the same value five. Let's say it's no, let's make it easy. Let's say it's another $500,000 house. Then, um, are you still, um, de- and you buy it for, not to live in, but as a, uh, income property. Yeah. Investment property. Yeah. Yeah. And let's say you break, let's say it's great. You break even on it. 
after, when, when the people pay the rent, you, you're able to pay the property tax and the mortgage and put away 300 bucks a month just to take care of the house, right? The gardener That's- and if the roof goes. Then are you considered debt-free? No. Well, no. no. So like not on the, so so not on the mortgage side, right? That's why I say there's two. I want to make sure. But like, isn't the value of the house cancel that out? So let's no, say you no. owe four twenty on it, but you can sell it for five hundred. You're you're not debt free. No, because what if? Okay, and I'm I'm sort of going to play the other side of that. Yeah, please, you please sell it, right? Like you can sell it. Um, but what if you can't sell it, right? Like what if you you have. Cause everyone always talks about sort of like the ideal situation, right? Like everyone's like, well, if this and this, this cash flows, this, um, but what about when it doesn't or some people, they have all these properties. And what about when the bank, because they can, they call the loan and you can't pay it. They're going to come and take it. Right. So it's not really yours. So for me, right. Like I like to just not owe anyone. Now, when it comes, like, there's a lot of people that get into the investment stuff and, you know, hey, we can, you know, you can sort of play that game. Um, again, I don't like to owe anyone. Um, yeah. You know, if I get an investment property, it probably won't be a $500,000 one. Uh, it'll probably be more like a $200,000 one that I can save up for a few years and pay cash for and then move on to the next one, right? Because um, again, like, like Buffett said, Warren Buffett, you know, you can tell who's really skinny dipping when the tide goes out. So when things are good, everyone's like, oh, I'm cashing <laughs> you know, like, on all of this and this and that. But when the market is bad, then you see these guys trying to sell properties. They don't have a lot of cash flow. They're jumping off buildings. They're leaving their wives and children because of this facade that everything was great when it was. But when it's not like that's that's sort of the flip side to me. I don't like all of the risk. That's just me. Right? I don't like all of the risk when it comes to certain things. Boy, we could take this a million ways. Okay, um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump here and t- tell me if this is too quick. You can always go back if you're like, hey, someone, I want to lay down some groundwork before I answer that question. Like, if you think it will help people, if I go, if I if I'm jumping around too fast. Um, I, I, at some point today, I want to talk about taxes. I want to talk about um, taxing the rich and, and what the government is and taxing the rich versus taxing the floor. And because I'm, I'm a very firm believer of someone who is extremely poor and who was homeless and, it, uh, and probably some of the best days of my life, um, to be quite frank. I know that's hard for anyone to imagine because some people fear that. But um, there's, there is a, a, a very strong similarity to being homeless and being very, very rich. You are very rich if you're homeless, if you're not a drug addict. And I was not a drug addict. Um, so, so, but, um, but, and, and I, a lot of people think that you should tax corporate America and you should tax rich people. And that's going to help. I think that they're, me personally, they're hugely misguided because I have had a lot of money and I do have m- more money, I think, than most people now, even though I, I, I'm, I'm it's weird. I'm poor, but I'm, I'm richer than most people um, yeah. in this country. And um, and it, when someone takes my money, it, it, it doesn't it doesn't hurt anyone except people downstream from me, other civilians. The, it, 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 it's um. So basically, you have a choice to get my money directly to you. Fuck it. Let's just talk about taxes. When the government taxes, when when my taxes are low, I give my money to the people in my community, the businesses yep. in Gainesville, Florida. Yep. I um when I when I stop at the gas station um to fill up gas and I and I and I have bank, I don't worry about how much I have, and I run in and buy a cantaloupe, maybe Correct. two. 
I don't care that I have to pay a dollar extra more at the gas station. When my money's tight, I go to the cheaper gas station that doesn't have the store and I stop at Safeway and I start buying those, those cantaloupes. Or maybe I don't even buy cantaloupe. Everyone just has to drink water today. <laughs> um, s- s- same with the gardener. So, so some classic examples. When I, when I took, when I got fired from CrossFit, the first thing I did is I had the gardener come instead of every week, every other week. Yep. I didn't continue my, I canceled my Sirius XM membership. Yeah. I, um, I turned my computer off at night. The heat doesn't stay at 66. It goes down to 64. You know, the, um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't tip the kid at Starbucks anymore. I don't even go to Starbucks anymore. Exactly. Um, uh, so, so the only people being hurt are when, when, when I don't have money are, are my, um, are the people around me. And, and I, and I, and I emphatically believe that when you tax the rich and you tax corporations, that's exactly what happens. That basically you have a choice. You can either let people have their money and they'll spend it. And there's this huge mis- there's this huge misconception of wasting money. I want to tell you two things. It is impossible to waste money and it is impossible to waste time. These are lazy man's words. Unless you're burning money, it's not being wasted. It's 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 out there. It's being circulated. You may you may think it's a waste for someone else to buy that Bentley, but when that person buys that Bentley, that money's not wasted. It's um no, it, no, it's definitely not wasted. When you buy a guy who washes your car, who paints your car, it's all the people are getting paid. The the professional guy that does the leather on the inside, he's getting paid. The guy that's painting the car, like I agree with you wholeheartedly. That's sort of a that's sort of a poor man's tale of oh, like like for me, for someone to say um, this person shouldn't have this if they've worked for it, they've honestly built up this cash if we're talking about finances you can't tell someone that they can't buy something right like it's all about relativity right like it, right. It, you know if i make a million dollars a year i can go out and afford to buy certain things that someone can't buy that makes 50 grand a year and that's okay like that's how the cookie crumbles but i don't think a lot of people like they don't like that they don't like that man i'm like i'm working my butt off my wife works i work we only make 60 grand a year this guy over here he has one job. His wife doesn't work, and he makes six hundred grand a year. Like, like this isn't fair, right? Tax him more so that he doesn't have as much money. Like that's a like that's a bogus thing to me. Um, I'm definitely against it. Um, and again, where do we draw the line with the quote unquote the rich? Right? Like it, it starts at okay. Well, this person that makes five hundred grand a year, they're rich. But we all know, like we know the government, right? Like they want more money. So it starts at okay. The families that make five hundred. Then a couple of years later, well, now it's the families that make 450. Uh, and then it's the families that make 400. And down the road now is any family that makes anything, you're going to be taxed at this big rate for no other reason than being successful, right? To me, that's what the whole tax the rich thing is. And um, yeah, I think it's a joke for like, absolutely. I, the, um, I have been in that tax bracket. And after you pay your 401k and give your portion to the government, your 500 is 250. Absolutely. It is crazy, people. I know some of you can be like, well, move the hell out of California. I'm telling you, they'll get you anywhere. <laughs> they'll get you anywhere. Um, so, so what is the solution? Why, why, why don't more people see that? Why, why do people think that like taxing the rich 
is going, is it all just on that, based on that one phenomenon that they're upset, that they think it's not fair and that they think if we can get the problem also is, is that when you tax the rich, you have to understand people, you don't get that money. Are you just doing it just to be mean to them? Because, um, the government gets that money. And who is the government? That's the homecoming king and um, homecoming queen. Those are people who just won the popularity contest that we voted into power. You can trust rich people and let them and let them um, pay directly to you, or you can give it to the government. They can take their cut and then decide where the money is spent. It's yeah. The, the whole thing seems so obvious to me. It, it seems obvious to me as well. But I, I think that's sort of, you know, like the government, they've done a good job of, you know, that whole fair share thing. Like, I mean, let's be real. If we really jump into it, um, you know, like what's a fair share, right? Like if I make, if I make a million dollars a year, mm-hmm. I'm going to be taxed that, you know, if I can get the things right, I'm going to be taxed at say 25%, right? Okay. So 250 grand I'm paying in taxes. You find someone that's making 50 grand a year. How much are they paying in taxes? You know, whatever it is. Right. I feel the person that's paid a that's paid 250 grand, like that's that is more than a fair share, even though they've figured out ways they paid accountants and lawyers to get that tax rate down. They've already paid their fair share. Right. So it's not like, yeah, like the whole thing blows my mind that all these people are talking about a fair share. Right. Like there's no fair like there's like there's no a fair share. There's not a fair level of effort in anything. Right. Like the person. I think a lot of people, it makes them feel better because it lets them feel like, okay, this person has become uber successful because of their mom, their dad, they got lucky, this and that. For me, when I see someone uber successful, I say, well, they can do it. I can do it. Right. I'm going to figure it out. And for like, I tell everyone, I want my kids. I know you feel the same way. I follow your boy. You want your kid to have every advantage possible. That is why I wake up in the morning. That is why I work my butt off. That is why I do all these things so that one day, like I was raised by a single mom, all of that stuff in the project, low income. I don't want my kids to deal with that. I want my kids and my grandkids to have a leg up on everyone else. So I'm willing to make that sacrifice for them. People say that's like a People say that like it's a bad thing. Oh, look at the Walton kids or the Rockefellers or the Kennedys. They only do this because of such. That is the goal of this. Like that's the goal of this generational wealth thing, right? Like that's the goal of it. You don't want. I don't want my kids to have the same struggle that I had. I don't want my kids to have to pay off two hundred and three thousand dollars. Right. I don't want them to have to do that. I want my kids to be able to invest two hundred and three thousand dollars in a short amount of time. Right. So, yeah, uh, isn't that interesting? Um, it, it's a trip what you said, because it, it comes down to the heart of, I guess, what what it means to be a parent. If you if you can offer your kid more than what your mom could offer you, Sherman, then you ha- then you have to put, insert your own controlled struggle. By that, I mean, if your kid doesn't have to walk five miles to school, that means that you have to um, walk your kid five miles a day. And then you have to figure out how to do it. It doesn't mean, and correct me if you disagree with me, I'm I'm open to this. It doesn't mean that your kid doesn't walk five miles a day. It doesn't mean that, um, here's the thing that's trippy. Sherman wants his kids to have all the struggles he did, but he wants it to be in a, in a, um, 
in an environment that's safe. Correct. We want our kids to have well, – I want my kid to fall down. I don't want him to fall down in a neighborhood where he has to worry about falling on a needle. Correct. Correct. But, Correct. You, you know, I want him to learn about needles and the dangers of needles, but but on his own terms, not when he's four. And, and every time we go to the fucking park, I got to be like, oh, shit, those guys are shooting up over there. I guess we're going to switch parks. Yep. Yeah. No, I I agree with you 100%. But they have to struggle. They like they're so like that's the thing, right? Like I agree. I think like I put the onus on me. Like like we homeschool our kids, the government, teachers. There's nothing wrong with them schooling kids. That's totally fine. I don't think that anyone can do a better job at teaching my kids at the you know at the grade school level than my wife and I can. I feel that we're smarter than blah 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 all like all of that, and so that's why we homeschool our kids um, because I want them to know things that that are going to help them long term down the road right i'm not anti-public school or anti-private school our kids used to go to private school maybe they'll go back one day um but right now we homeschool our kids because i feel that we are the best educators for them um to have them prepare for life and everything that we want to instill in them moving forward you know do you think i'm asked backwards because i I homeschool my kids, not because I think I can do a better job than them, but because of what they're teaching. No, that no, that, I mean that was a piece. Of it is it is they're they're teaching they're teaching stuff that's a lie. Yeah, that's definitely a piece of it too. That's definitely a piece of it too. Absolutely. Like I don't want I don't want to have to un, I don't want my kids at like twenty to be like 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 you know now I am at forty nine like holy shit how did you let them teach me this Yeah, that's not true. That's not true. Yeah, yeah. Like you, not only is it not true, you made it part of my identity. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. You're like, I know so many, like I know a ton of whole school families cause I'm, you know, I'm in that circle and most of them are doing it because they don't want their kids to learn, you know, you know, all the stuff like they don't yeah. want their kids to learn that just point blank. Yeah. Just, I don't, I don't yeah. want being exposed to that. And I was just like, yeah, like it's different. Cause when we're going to school, I mean, you got to freaking do your math, your reading and you try to hang out with your friends and have a good time and eat lunch. And that's pretty much it. Now there's now there's just so much going on. And again, I think that um, my kids can't wear masks either. Like uh, it, it, under my watch, they just yeah. can't. Yeah, they just can't. <laughs> yeah, I get that. I just can't. That. I just can't. I can't. I can't. I, can't, I just can't. Uh, th- um, this guy says in the comments, oh, shit, my I, I really am. My, my computer doesn't work. Uh, Caleb, can you can, are, do you have access to the comments, brother? Oh, look, I do, too. I didn't even know that. Yes. Oh, could could you, um, uh, Darth Bane, if you make one hundred fifty thousand a year, could you throw up that comment? Sorry, dude, I I need to refresh my computer after this podcast. My mouse isn't working. Um, if you make one hundred fifty thousand to two hundred thousand and have two or three kids, you aren't rich these days, but the taxes are higher. So in in my neighborhood, and and I live in a neighborhood where um, it, it's not it's not fancy at all. Like like people who make half as much money as me in Oklahoma live 10 times as good in my neighborhood. If you're make $120,000 or less and you have two kids, you're below poverty line. Yeah. You're below poverty line. What does that mean? That means that, um, $120,000 a year you can afford, uh, you and your wife uh, are going to share one Honda civic. You're going to be in a house where your kids, it's going to be a two bedroom uh, apartment and your kids are going to share a bedroom. And, um, and you, you know, it's, it's not, it's not, 
it's not nice. You're going to have mice. You're going to have rats. You're going to have people, a lot of homeless people. Um, and I live outside the big city. I mean, I live 20 miles from uh, Silicon Valley down a, down a, a, a de- treacherous highway where not a lot of people come. I'm in Santa Cruz, California. Yeah. So yeah, 150 is, I guess maybe some places that is good money. Is that good? Is 150 good money in, um, in Gainesville? Yeah. 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 It is. Uh, 150 grand is good money. Like, you know, like Darth Bain said, um, you know, when you, I think like I have great mentors, like I have guys and girls that's always helped me. And like, there's definitely, you know, when you start making between 200 and $500,000 per year, that's sort of like a, like that's sort of like a bad spot to be. Now, I want to make sure I clarify this. Tax wise, it's a bad spot to be because a lot of times when you make two hundred to five hundred, you have a ton of taxes you have to pay because you don't have a lot of assets, right? Because you don't make enough money to buy a ton of assets to get your tax rate that much lower. So that's sort of like no man's land where you need to either stay a little bit below two hundred or you need to get over five hundred so that you can buy certain things that that can lower your taxes and stuff like that. But so many people don't understand this because, again, we aren't taught taxes and all of this stuff. So it's just, oh, look, this dude makes 400 grand a year. Like, he should be killing it. This dude decides to buy him a nice Mercedes. So, oh, look, he's killing. He got a nice home and nice Mercedes. But, again, we know just based on the data, most, most Americans are only two or three months away from pure financial ruin, right? How do those people sleep at night? Hey, listen, I don't know. I mean, that's that's why I'm so big on debt freedom, like emphasis on the freedom, Savon, because for me, I want to be able to know, like, hey, regardless of what happens, I'm going to be fine for, you know, a standard period of time. Like I tell people six to 12 month emergency fund. Yes, it may be hard for you to get. Yes, you may have to get two jobs. Yes, your wife may have to work for a little while for you guys to, to pay off your debt and save up this emergency fund. But the emergency fund, like JL Collins talks about, um, like it's sort of like FU money, right? Like you would like that, right? Like it's FU money because you can say, hey, FU, I'm going to go figure some things out. And I tell most folks, think about it. Um, I had this play out in one of my good friends' life, real life. Um, he's big on the debt freedom as well. He has five or six kids. Oh, man. He has five or six kids. Listen to this. It's five or six kids, but he was big on the debt freedom emergency fund. He had a six, seven month emergency fund. He got fired out of the blue. He, he um, he had been in this company for years, fired out of the blue, totally blindsided him. However, he had a seven month emergency fund. So it was a big inconvenience. You know, the feelings were a little hurt because he was like, oh, like I didn't see this coming. I thought we we're on. But when he got fired. He actually took the first month just to sit back and say, man, let me let me like let me enjoy some of this time with my family. Let me figure out what the next move is. And then two months later, um, he ended up getting another job, you know, better job. But. He was only able to do that because he was able to set himself up beforehand where he had six, seven months of living expenses where there was no freaking out. Right. Imagine this man with six kids loses his job. He doesn't have anything like most people. I mean, he's bagging groceries at Publix and driving Uber Eats. There's nothing wrong with that stuff. I want to be clear, but it's a totally different lifestyle and it's a totally different mindset for him if he has to do that type of stuff. So that's why for me, you know, I get into a lot of back and forth on the internet because some people, are, oh, you know, you, you know, you're old school, those principles are played out. Yeah, like it's played out until you get punched in the face, right? And everyone, like no one thinks they're going to get punched in the face. And, and we know that, you know, in everyone's life, 
time, there's going to be three or four major financial things that's going to happen to you. And if you're not ready for it, like that could change the trajectory of your life. So I tell everyone six to 12 month emergency fund is a must. It's a must. I, um, I, I was, uh, my wife and I were both fired on the exact same day wow. um, from Cro CrossFit Inc. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Both, both hyper, hyper productive, um, uh, people. I, I don't want to speak for my wife, but no one in my department uh, produced more than me. I, I, I'm open to someone saying that they worked equally as hard as me, but no one worked harder than me. Yep. And uh, it, and it, it sort of came out of left field because I'd been promised that it, that it wouldn't happen. And my wife and I are both fired on the same day. And I there's two things. on. There's a relationship piece here and then the financial thing. I had 12 months of mortgage saved. Yep. And I was still terrified. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know I'm incapable of working. I'm incapable of doing something that I don't want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm like, I shouldn't say I'm incapable of it. I'm really a fucking whiny bitch. If I have to do something I don't want to do. Yeah. And, uh, I'm, 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 I'm borderline unemployable. I'm a fucking, <laughs> uh, rain man. And, uh, but but I knew but I always lived within my means and my coworkers and I, and then so that's one thing and then the second thing is within a week you know my wife my wife and I basically it was like it's like dropping a bomb on you because when you work somewhere like CrossFitting for fifteen years and you've given your whole life to it when you lose your job you lose a huge chunk of your identity I bet for sure you kind of you kind of feel like a balloon and someone let go of you a helium balloon you're like whoa what you kind of just it's not even bad or good you're just kind of like in the ether yeah and. Um, and you can't hang out there when you got kids. Like you can't be like, Hey, I'm just going to wait and see what happens. Like I've done that before. That's how I ended up being homeless. I'm like, okay, I'll just wait and see what happens. And then I'm like, Oh shit, I'm homeless. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so we had, we, we, we had saved 12 months of mortgage. And, um, I, then I said to my wife after about a week or two, I said, Hey, speak, going to generational wealth. There's under no circumstances. Do I want to lose any of our assets? How do you feel if we if shit gets really weird that we just move the family into a van and and rent out our house so that we don't lose the house? She goes, "Oh yeah, whatever you want, I'm game." <laughs> and like it, 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 the fucking weight of the world fell off my back. Yep, I was free. Yep, I was free to accept now my next my next role. Like I was like, "Oh shit, my partner's my partner's got my back." Yep. And, and then you immediately have to do do stuff. You got to cancel the Sirius XM. You have to quit drinking coffee out. You have to quit drinking alcohol. Alcohol is a complete – sorry, Sherman. Fucking – sorry, mom. Fucking waste of money. Um, complete waste of money. If you're worried about money and you're drinking alcohol, you're – you're not even at step one. Um, Sherman's a little nicer than I am on his podcast. He 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 gives people a little uh, wiggle room. Um but maybe those are people who don't have kids. When you have kids, there's no wiggle room. It's, it's, um, I need to see as much runway as I can. And then the people I work with Sherman, who under the same circumstances, they were using their 401ks to buy stuff. They <laughs> were, they were, I knew that my, I, if you have a mortgage and you can pay your, well, what do you think about this? I was paying my mortgage twice a month. What do you think about that? Yeah, that's totally fine. That's totally, that's yeah, that's totally fine. 
and, and, and I had a car. I, I bought a, my, the only brand new car I've ever bought in my life was a $50,000 brand new Sienna. And I fell into the exact trap that Sherman talks about. My wife had twins and I was like, I need the best car possible to, to shepherd these three children. And so they can be safe. Yeah. So I bought the first and I, and I had my mommy go with me. <laughs> we had like a 820 on her credit. So we got it. She got here. I am at 46 years old. I had my mommy go with me and she signed for me and we bought a brand new $50,000 uh, minivan. I put 20,000 down and I got a $30,000 no interest loan and I paid a thousand dollars a month on it. And everyone's like smart. People were like, Hey, don't do that. It's zero interest. Yeah. Yep. So glad it's paid off, dude. Uh, of paid it off. Paid my my first house off and my car off, um, the same month I got fired. That's that's great. That's great. Sherman says this thing in, um, when you pay your home off, it's like getting a raise. And so, so here's here's another thing I'll tell you. My wife and I did. We were living in a home where the mortgage was eleven hundred a month, but we could rent the home for four thousand dollars a month. And even though money wasn't tight for us and we were great, we moved out of the house. Yeah, it's financially irresponsible to live in a home that you can make three thousand dollars a month on, right? Yeah, I, I, I mean that's the that's the beauty of this thing, Savon. Like you have when you don't owe a ton of people money, you have the freedom to do stuff like that, right? Like you, even I, if it meant moving into a shittier house, having cash is king. But like you don't care about. But here's the thing, like. You like you don't care about what such a gym down the road thinks that you're moving out of your house and then you move into a crappy house and someone is renting out your house. You don't care about that. But I'm no. gonna tell you, like I deal with enough people, like it matters what people think, right? It matters. That's that's why that's what we talk about keeping up with the Joneses, right? There's this, and I will say social media has ruined us, right? Because on social media, everyone all, only talks about like the highs, right? Like it's, it's the highlight reel, right? So if I only right. watch game film highlights of LeBron James, I'm going to say LeBron James is the best basketball player in the world. Um, Cause I'm only seeing his highlights, which he may be I'm, like, that was a bad example using him. But if you look at social media and you only see, you know, Susie down the road's highlight reel, I'm like, Susie's killing it. She's bought a new house and got a new car. Look, she's on vacation. Look at her kids. They're matching. They're so cute. And then when Susie loses her job, now Susie's, you know, working at Target. There's nothing wrong with working at Target, but Susie was a C-suite executive three months ago. Now she's working at Target. And I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it. Like, yeah, but that's the thing. So many people haven't seen it, so they just think, like, that's not going to happen or that doesn't really happen. But it happens all the time. Like, I talk to so many people offline because most people don't want to put their garbage out there on social media. I talk to so many people offline that like, they just say, man, thank you. I wish I would have learned stuff like this. This is what happened to me. Like it sucked. You're telling people the right thing. And I'm just like, I just want to help people. Right. Like I grew up with nothing and to have what we have now at only 38, like it's like, it's cool, but like, I don't want people to just continually stay on, stay in the rat race until they're 49 59 years old like i like i have a great like one of my best friends um he's a he's a physician um and we talk pretty much every day we talk about everything and there are a ton of physicians that work for 30 40 years right they make anywhere from 200 to a million dollars a year and they can't retire 
That's why you see some, not all, you see some physicians that are 75, 80 years old, still working five, six days a week. It's not because they love the profession of medicine. It's because they have to keep that income coming, right? They got to they got to keep up that level um, of lifestyle. And they haven't set aside enough money over the years. And that's the way it is with most people, man. Most people, they only think about this year. They're not thinking about 20, 30 years down the road, like what this is going to look like. Um, and I wish just more people would think long term, because if you do like you outside of you know, outside of a big disaster, you're going to live to see 50, 60, 70 years old. Now, what is your life going to look like? And please don't tell me you're going to depend on the government to take care of you because <laughs> uh, that's a sucker's bet right there. Bye. I, you know, I, I'm horrible with money and I don't look down the road. Mine's all fear based. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, oh, like yeah. I would never go on a vacation. I never, yeah. I, I like, like the thought vacations. When I hear people say vacation, like my wife doesn't have a wedding ring. We didn't get, we don't, we didn't have a wedding. Like yeah. that's all to me. That's crazy talk. Yeah. $10,000 on a wedding ring. I could put that in the bank now, like I did for my three boys. And when they're 77, they're going to yeah. have $11 million each. Yeah. <laughs> $10,000 yeah. when they're seven. Cause I'm looking at my mom now and I'm like, man, if I could give my mom 11 million bucks right now, that'd be awesome. Game so change. then I, when my kids were born, I was like, okay, great. I'm going to put 10,000 in, in the account. I'm going to make sure they all get whatever it takes. I'm going to get 10,000 in, in, in this account for them. This, uh, um, 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 what are they called? It's the kind of stuff you sign up with Vanguard or it's the, the, basically they double every seven years. Yeah. Yep. 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 Why would I buy my wife a wedding? And and I know some people are like, well, you got to do some things. I, I just don't. I, I just, I, I, um, I, I had a, I, I have a dear friend of mine who recently was like, Hey, he's been telling me for two years to come visit him. And I said, I'm like, Hey, I, I can't visit you because I don't want to spend a fucking dime to do anything that's out of my circle. So after two years, he sent his jet to come pick me up and took me to his house and he paid for everything for the week. I was like, well, thank you. Oh, I saw you that. Know? I yeah. Saw that. It was the best, and it was the best vacation I've had in my entire life, but it didn't cost me a dime. And I was okay if I didn't do it. Yeah. My life's good. I don't need, I do not need a vacation. My life, you know, Gandhi said this thing, you can't separate um, religion and state because your life is your religion. <clears throat> you know what I mean by that? Your life is your religion. Yeah. Just like how I treat you, how I brush my hair, how I brush my teeth, how I get dressed in the morning, how I, how I talk to my gardener, how I talk to my dog. It's all my religion. Yeah. And, and and it's all my life. I can't compartmentalize that shit. No, you can't. No, you can't. Some people try to. You can't. No, I mean you really can't. Um, I so so here's the thing. There, um, I think that we deal with these finances. You know, um, you have to know what's really important to you, and then you have to put your life around that, right? Like me, um, vehicles aren't important to me. Yes, I like cars, but they're just not important to me, right? So I drive a crappy car. My wife has a nice van um, that we bought. But like me, it's just not important to me. But And isn't it more important to you that your wife drive a nicer car, that your wife's happy? Like that's oh, part of your happiness, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. But, yeah. Like, here's, but here's the thing. Like there's nothing wrong with like if I did like cars, I can afford to go buy me a $50,000 car. And that's, and that's nothing wrong with that. Me, I like to vacation. I'm glad you said that. So for me, like, I would rather, hey, I'm not going to spend money on a ton of things. I'm going to invest in all this. 
But when it's my turn, it's going to be two or three times per year. I'm going to take a nice vacation. That's what I'm going to spend my money on. Like, I'm not yeah, going. You know how to enjoy it. Yeah. Um, but so many people, they want to like, they want to do everything. Like, they want to have everything. And they don't make enough right. money to have everything, right? You can't right. have the nice car, nice home, nice vacation, nice this on a $60,000 a year salary. Well, you can't right. just call credit and then, you know, we know how that goes long term. It just doesn't work out. Most of my happiness comes um, from stuff that I don't even realize it's coming from. It's like behind the scenes stuff. So by that, I mean not having to worry about the price of gas. Like, you know, when you're 16 and you're like, okay, I have $3.85 and I'm going to try to get, uh, oh shit, I put in three eighty six, and now you're looking under the mat for the, a penny to pay the guy and it's just a mess, right? Or, um, or you want to eat an avocado and it's two ninety nine, and you have to stress about the price of the avocado. Like for me, um, though, that's where I get my freedom. Well, it's funny you say that because I didn't even notice this. Just, you know, like that's the way I grew up, right? You go to the grocery store. You already know me and my sister going to my mom. Hey, don't, don't ask for anything. We got, yeah. at times they're on government assistance. There's not a lot of money. So I like, don't go in here saying, oh, I want this or trying to pick up stuff. Put, don't do that. Right. Um, but then like this just happened, you know, four or five years ago. Like my mom, she comes up to visit. We're in the grocery store and I'm just shopping, right? Like I'm just getting stuff. I'm getting what I want. I don't look at prices when I grocery shop. Like I'm grocery shopping at the right. best grocery store in the world Publix we're going to talk we'll talk about that later um we're in there shopping and my mom said are you not looking at prices and like it was the first time in my life I realized no like why would I look at price I have to buy groceries the prices don't matter but like like it was about four years ago I realized man life is starting to get pretty good you know yeah you made it yeah isn't that great (laughs) yeah like it had nothing to do with how much money I had in an investment account anything like that was just like no, like I don't have to look at prices of groceries. I'm just buying groceries for me and my family. Like, get what you want, kids. You know, don't ask for too much. I'm not going to buy you all the candy, but I, it's totally fine. Um, and by the way, do you see if you overtax Sherman, he won't be able to spend that money at Publix. Sherman, when I was homeless, I got a job that paid $7 an hour and I was fucking rich. I could go in and buy a coffee and instead of stealing cream from them and pouring a whole cup full of cream to get calories and drink it, I would, I would, I was tipping the, the host, the, the cashier. Yeah. Because I was making seven bucks an hour, still homeless, but I was balling, right? <laughs> hundred bucks in my pocket, drinking lattes, tipping the, tipping the guy behind the counter a dollar. I mean, uh, it's all relative. It is. It is. It is. It's all relative. I agree. I agree. Um, but you said something earlier. I, um, I want to talk about Please. you said that you don't really understand or you don't see it. The whole keeping up with the Joneses thing. Yeah. Like, um, like people make fun of my minivan and I'm like, so I, I almost am like, I, I welcome that. Yeah. Yeah. No, like my, my minivan's the shit. Like, and I think you're like me, you know, like we're sort of outsiders for the most part, right? There are some people, um, Wired like us, but most people, man, you know, when, when, you know, when you go to wherever you go, your social spots and you see this person doing this, or they're talking about what they're doing this weekend, or look, this family is going on a Christmas trip and look, they got matching pajamas on social media. Why didn't we do that? Like, that's the stuff that really drives most people. It's not that they really want it, but they want to portray it because they know 17 other families are going to post pictures with pajamas on and they're going to 
they're going to go on some type of vacation over Christmas break. And it's not that they necessarily want to do it, but we like, that's just what we do because that's the lifestyle we live. And yeah. um, I think that crushes people long-term, man. I really do. Oh, oh, what do you think about um, a super unleaded versus regular unleaded? <laughs> I, uh, I put regular unleaded in my car. I have a 2003 Toyota Camry with 270,000 miles on it. It's only getting regular gas, regular unleaded. That's all it's getting. So one of, one of my close friends just set me free. My whole life, I've only put in super unleaded. And, and about a month ago, one of my friends set me free. He's like, hey, you, just out of the blue, he goes, hey, he didn't know I put in super unleaded. He's like, hey, you know the whole gas thing is a scam, right? I'm like, what? <laughs> and the gas at my house is $5 a gallon for regular and five fifty for super. So it, it, um, but maybe when you say that there, I was even, maybe I was a little pretentious about putting in the super unleaded. I think, I think yesterday I was at the gas station and I, maybe I hit the unleaded button real quick. So no one would see me do it. <laughs> I don't even know. There's no, even though there's no one within a hundred feet of me, I'm like, no one better see me put in the regular unleaded. Holy I, shit. Oh, am I turning red? <laughs> I don't doubt it. But if little, but look, here's the thing though, right? Like, you know, like you're aware of nothing. Like you actually say it, man. Look, you know, there's still a piece of me. Like one of my buddies years ago, he was going through. A yeah, tough I don't time. want that shit gas in my car. And I don't want anyone to see me buying this shit gas. Exactly. One of my buddies, he was going through a tough spot financially years ago. So him and his wife decided, hey, we're going to do sort of the day Ramsey thing, cash based everything. And one of his biggest struggles was, believe it or not, was actually taking his hard earned money in cash into the gas station to pay for it instead of just flipping in his car. He absolutely oh. despised it. And I was, and to me, I'm just like, bro, like it doesn't matter if you're paying with cash or a card is, is money that you've earned. You put gas in the car, but to him, why he thought, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, he just thought like, I don't know. He just like, it, it's like, why would I go in? Why can't I just fly my car? Like, I got to walk Like in. someone would judge him that he didn't have a credit card. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. I never even thought of that. Everyone ignore that. Don't let that seep into your brain. Holy shit. But but that's the thing, though. Like, it's little stuff. It's like real, that. though. It's real. I get exactly. it. It's real. Exactly. Like, it's real everywhere. It's just like, man, if we don't, you know, if we don't take this trip, you know, people are going to notice we haven't gone on a vacation in a long time. So, honey, like, we got to take this trip. Honey, we don't have the money. It doesn't matter. right? Well, we need to get a new credit card to do it because, like, we need to do this and take these pictures and get them on social media. And, like, like this is a real thing that no one really likes to talk about, but I know for a fact that like it's happening every single day, every single day. Um, You, you paid off your house. No, recently? no. I paid off my mainly student loans. Mainly. Is that what the $203,000 post was? Yeah. About, so uh, we'll talk about that. So I basically went to a private undergrad, private graduate school, um, and I, I'm going to tell you again, I'm going to tell you how messed up my mind was. So I went to a private grad school, private undergrad. Um, Damn, your family's beautiful, dude. Thank you. Um, that's yeah. my, my wife, Christina, my oldest son, Caden, my youngest son, Judah, and my daughter, Ariana. So how, how old are the kids? 13, 10, and eight. Dude, Caden's as tall as your wife already. I know. I know. I think he's going to be tall. Christina's, Christina's dad and them, they're tall. So I think Caden's going to be taller than me. Uh, Wait, her dad's tall? Aren't Puerto Ricans like just little tiny people? Uh, some of them. Um, her dad's not. Her dad's about six three. So. <laughs> oh shit. Um, and so are so are brothers. So, um, 
I think Caden got lucky. I think he's going to be sort of tall. So, um, yeah, that's a big 13 year old. So we went to, um, so I went to private grad school, private. And when I got out of school, Savon, I'm going to be totally honest. I was pissed off. And let me tell you why, because I went to undergrad grad school. I did all the right things. Like they had been telling me for years since I was a little boy that if you go to college and you go to grad school, like everything is going to be okay. And then when I got out of school, I realized that, okay, but I'm making 40 grand a year and I got these degrees here. What's the point of that? So I'm like, I'm not freaking paying these people back. I'm not paying back all this money. So for years, I just let it sit there. I would defer it. I wouldn't answer the phone calls when they would call me. Um, and then I would pay them like, just say two or three hundred dollars a month, just enough to keep them off my back, right? Yeah. And then a few years ago, it was just I was t- um I was talking to my wife and we were on vacation actually visiting some good friends. Um actually one of my friends commented on here. I saw it, uh David Coley. I we were visiting them and we were going somewhere and they called me on vacation. And for some reason, that that just like that just rubbed me so like it just rubbed me the wrong way. And I was just like, man, I'm tired of this. I'm like, I'm tired of it. I was like, I'm going to pay these folks off. So I, so now this has been what I graduated college in 05. So a couple of years ago, so it had been 14, 15 years or whatever of just, it just sitting there, me paying $300 a month, interest accruing. And when I look, yeah. it, it was about 180, 85 grand I had to pay. God, so much money. Who who are you telling? Who are you telling? So now I'm just like, <sighs> I'm like, it doesn't matter. I'm like, it doesn't matter. I'm going to do it. Um, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do it at the time. And I want to, I want to be careful when I say only, um, I was only making about a hundred grand a year. So I was like, well, like how is it going to work? Like, yeah. You know, I mean, yep. and that's free tax. So yeah. So I'm just like, how's it going to work? I like, it doesn't matter. I'm going to, like, I'm going to be obedient to God. Cause that's what I felt like. And I'm going to make it work. And fast. What forward, do you mean by that? Obedient to God. Is there something in there you have to pay off your debt? Well, for me, I just felt like, I feel like God, you know, I have a relationship with God, consider myself, you know, a, a, you know, a godly man. So I, I just feel like, you know, God had been telling me for a little while, hey, you need to pay off these debts, mainly the student loan. That's really the main thing. But peace of me, I was just so angry, man. Like, I would just put that in a corner, just just, you know, that's the good debt. You don't have to worry about it. And then when I was on vacation, it just stuck out to him. And I was just like, I got to do it. I was like, like why is this shit interfering with my life? Here I am with my family. Yeah. I'm in total bliss. I mean, and basically now they're stealing some of my vacation from me. Like, so, like man, I, I paid five grand for this vacation and now these motherfuckers are here. Hello? Man, my, like that? Man, my wife would tell you, she, she would tell you just like out of the blue over the years, I would just get pissed. She'd be like, why are you so mad? It's mainly when they would call or something, I'd get an email. She, I was like, because I shouldn't have to pay this back. Like, that was my mindset. I shouldn't have to pay this back for loans that I took out, right? Like, no one put a gun to my head and said, sign this promissory note. Or, and so then when it happened, I was just like, all right, I'm going to pay it off. And we started paying it off. And then we started another company. Um, and then everything just started rolling. It started rolling. Fast forward, 27 months later, we pay off $203,000. I really didn't. Um, I didn't think it would be possible that fast, right? But I had committed to doing whatever it took, right? So I knew no matter what, like once I put my mind to something, it's gonna happen, right? Like that's just how I am. Um, so 27 months later, paid off 203 grand, and now I can't tell you how much lighter and better I feel just even waking up in the morning. <laughs> 
<laughs> like, like it's a beautiful thing. I tell everyone become debt free, man. Like if you don't like being debt free, it's totally fine. You can always get more debt, but until you've really uh, felt it, until you've really felt it, I'm going to tell you like, there's nothing like it. The freedom, the freedom. I, I heard this, uh, this, this public speaker one time who was trying to sell get rich DVDs. And I went to like a, uh, I was actually making a documentary about this guy who went to go listen to this get rich guy speak and uh, it's, it was a free three-hour lecture, and then afterwards you give him a 1000 bucks and buy the DVDs, right, if you like the course, like what he said. Yeah. And one of the things he said in there was um, – and, and, you know, I, I'm, not a, I'm, not a, I'm not a God guy. I'm not a, I'm not a religious guy. Yeah. Um, I'm just a heathen walking the planet. But he said this, and whatever – and I knew it was true when he said it. He said, if you resent rich people, if you resent um, the guy who drives by in the Lamborghini – God will make sure you never have one of those and you will never be rich because he, God is the all giving God and who only gives people what they want. And I was like, and so if you resent it, he'll never give it to you because he doesn't want you to have something to resent yourself. Yeah. And I, and you know, being raised in the Bay area, there was a certain resentment for rich people and people who had more. Hmm. And, uh, even though we had an abundance, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, but, uh, and at that moment I flipped a script. I told myself that every I'm going to be humble enough that every time I see a penny on the ground, I'm going to pick it up and I'm going to say I'm a money magnet <laughs> and I'm always going to be appreciative of other people's wealth. I'm going to be so I'm going to fake it till I make it and I'm going to be happy for them. And dude, Sherman, it's just like what you said when you made the decision to pay that back when um, in your mindset changed, you're you started actually making more money, too. Right. Yeah, absolutely. A boat. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. My whole life since that moment, I, I was in New York City when I made that decision. Since that moment, my whole life just took off. Yep. Yep. I just Thanks. I don't feel guilty for anything I have. I'm appreciative of everything that everyone else has. I try to be good to the good people. What do I mean? The good people like the guy playing the violin, the guy selling hot dogs, not the guy begging for money. That's that's that, that's not my thing to, to give money to beggars. Yeah. But the guy on the corner, like washing my window, he's doing something. He's participating in the, in the, in the betterment of humanity. Like just, yeah. I, I'll tip who I want to tip, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. It's crazy. Well, um, is, is that when you started Lasso? I started Lasso about, about two or three months after I made that decision to like pay it off. Yeah. So uh, around the same time. Like pretty much around the same time. Um, how is well, – tell me what Lasso is um, and, and why did you choose it? Why do you have a partner? Do you have a partner in your CrossFit gym? No, uh, no, just me and my wife. Nope, okay, my so wife. why – and why do you have a partner for in Lasso? So my partner and what is Lasso for starters? Yeah, yeah so Lasso, Lasso Framework um, – so Lasso stands for Lead and Sales System optimization right so basically uh my partner his name is blake um both of us like i still have my gym he recently sold his two crossfit gyms but we used to be mentors for one of the big uh crossfit mentoring companies right right um and we parted ways uh for various reasons and then we decided hey we're gonna do our thing right um he was sort of the marketing guy i was sort of the sales and marketing guy so we went man we can do this like we can do this piece of it better than anyone else um, and we focus on helping primarily gyms um, get out in front of people with paid social media marketing and their sales process and websites and stuff like that. Uh, so that's really what we do day in and day out. Uh, 
it, it's funny because just the other day I posted something in one of those affiliate owner groups online because so many people, they like to say, well, you know, there's a lot of failed gym owners getting into the, you know, that turn into gurus. Right. And I was like, I get that. Um, but I posted something with my prices and my rates and, you know, how my gym was doing just to so just to show folks, hey, like, don't fall into that trap of, um, you know, just talking bad about people because you don't like when other people start stuff because my gym is still doing like my gym is doing great. And is I didn't start lasso because I, quote unquote, needed the money. I started lasso because there's a need that I know that we could feel and we feel it and we do a great job at it. Um, but yeah, so my partner Blake and I, we started Lasso a little bit over two years ago now. Um, and it's been great. It's been phenomenal, man. We, we're, uh, we're going to help a lot of gyms and meet a lot of people and things like that and get to really, um, for me, the freedom that we have with Lasso really, you know, it's our first time really having a sort of a digital company, right? Cause everything that we do, we can do it from anywhere, uh, which is totally different from, owning a CrossFit gym, right? Most guys that own a CrossFit gym, you're stuck in the trenches for years if you ever even get out. Um, so this company is definitely a, a huge um, blessing to us and we love it and we're getting to help a lot of people, man. It's fun. Can you give me an example? I want to go back to being stuck in the trenches for a second. Uh, I want to come back to that because it is really important to spend part of your life definitely stuck in the trenches. But give me an example of what you guys do. Like who reaches out to you? Yeah. So primarily- like, could my podcast reach out to you and be like, Hey Sherman, we've been just stuck at a hundred thousand downloads a week. What can we do to like take us to the next level? Yeah. Yep. Yep. You could. And, By the way, we're know- not stuck. We're fucking mur- sorry. God, I need to stop swearing. We are murdering it. We are doing fantastic, but go on. Um, but so like what happens a lot of times gyms will reach out and be like, you know, like we it has you to know, be a gym. That's your specialty yeah. gyms. No, I would say that. 80% of our clients are gyms. So I'm just going to talk okay. about gyms because that's most okay. of our clients. Um, they reach out and they will say, hey, like, you know, we've tried some social media before, but we hear good things about you guys. Um, like, what did you do? Then we started to tell them, hey, like, we're going to get you in front of more people. Um, this is going to be, you know, sort of some cold traffic and stuff like that. And then we talk about the sales process and we want to make sure that they're a good fit before we really sign them on. Right. Because. Here's the thing, as you know, in the CrossFit community, right, the affiliate owners are different, right? Like it's different than like most businesses understand. I can't spend a dollar today and think that dollar is going to turn into a dollar the next day. But affiliate owners, for the most part, they're like, hey, I need an ROI in 24 hours, right? Like, so we want to make sure they're going to be a great fit for us so that we can get them that quick ROI because, um, you know, namesake is everything in this little small community that we're doing most of our business in. So when they come to us, we want to make sure they're a good fit. Um, we, we show them what we can do. They've heard about some testimonials. That's how most people reach out. Um, they knew someone that knew someone or something like that. And then we go from there. Um, and we've been able to help some gyms really do some cool things uh, because they were stuck, you know, like when Greg really was in charge of CrossFit back in, you know, back in the day, like when we first started, like it was Fight Club. It was underground, right? Like there was no marketing. Like we're doing this. Like, hey, we'll let you come over. And if you survive, you tell us if you want in or not. Like that's our marketing. 
Right. But, now, <laughs> but now, like, it's totally different, right? It's totally different, right? Like, there's orange theories and eat the frogs and like all of that stuff. And if we don't, and if we're not out there in front of folks like they are, like the affiliate community will be drowned out in five to seven years. Um, and it's not because our product isn't better. It's because people will know about us, but we won't stay front of mind, right? All these other guys, right. a ton of these marketing, they'll stay front of mind and then they'll be the ones eating for the most part, you know, for lack of a better term. So that's what we're really trying to do, trying to help the affiliate community stay in front of folks um, and have an opportunity to help these people that would probably do something else and be frustrated with, right? Because there's no, uh, I strongly believe there's no better fitness regimen out there on the planet than CrossFit. Um, why, why do you have a partner? Why didn't you do Lasso by yourself? Um, Honestly, me and him, we just sort like we left the company at the same time. We vibe very well. And we just said, man, we can do this thing together. And this is my first time ever really having a partner. Um, I was a little hesitant because I had heard horror stories. Um, about yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I, that's what I, I just think yeah. horror stories. Yeah. Like I heard, but then I had a few friends that like, no, it can work if you lay ground rules down and you know, blah, blah, blah. And I really like, um, Blake's personality, work ethic, all that stuff. Like, man, let's give it a try. You know, we wrote some things down and, and now, uh, looking back, you know, like it was a great move, you know, it was a great move. I, uh, yeah. I wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't change it. Um, I wouldn't want to be in this thing by myself um, doing what we're doing. I don't think we would have as much of an impact as we have without either one of us. But yeah, that's why I have a partner. We just sort of buy really well and we were just like, let's give it a try. Do, um, do you think you could be where you're at with the company if you would have done it by yourself? Absolutely. I do, like, because I believe in myself so much. Absolutely. Um, do I think that it would have been, much more difficult and I would have had to make different sacrifices. Yes. Right. Yes. Um, and I think that with me and me and Blake doing it together, that's allowed us to um, sort of bounce stuff off each other, grow this thing to the level that we're growing it to, but not, I'm trying to think of the right word, not, not sort of lose ourselves in the process, right? Like, you know, I know how it is to start something from scratch. Well, like when my wife and I started this gym, like we were, man, we were like, we were in the trenches eating apples and eggs for dinner because this is what we were doing. And um, we really didn't have to really go through that with Lasso because it was two of us. Um, both of us were successful in another field. So it allowed, it allowed us to really think and, honestly always do what's best for the client because even if it didn't work we still had other ways that we were making a living so um could i have done it by myself for sure um am i glad that i didn't do it myself absolutely because uh when i think of doing this podcast by myself uh i mean it's just can't even get i can't even get my head i can't even get my head uh, wrapped around it. I, I, I had, uh, I had Matt Souza kind of push me. I had my wife yeah. kind of push me. Um, I had some, you know, old employees at CrossFit Inc. push me. And then now 
um, there's these two other guys just jumped in, just just random dudes from from the web, like this dude Caleb running the shit from the back. I don't know this dude. This is just some Air Force dude who, like, a couple months ago, reached out to me and was like, "I'll help." And then you know, you kind of go through, you dance, you go through the vetting process. You yeah. like see how they text, you see how they email. Are yeah. they, I didn't even know he was going to come around and run the back end this morning, like run the show and put up clips and like you, you know you with your family. It's yeah. nuts. It's yeah. nuts when you're in the flow. And so that's why I was, I was wondering like, but, but, but having partners scares the crap out of me. My whole life, I always had partners. That's why I like, and I'm not comfortable with calling this thing, the seven podcast. I'm not, I wasn't comfortable ever even having my face on screen, but this yeah. is just like, Hey, face all these fears and just jump in and just go. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, um, again, I, I was, I was definitely hesitant. Um, I was definitely hesitant about, um, having a partner. And I was totally honest with him because I had never had a partner. I was like, man, I'm used to doing things my way. Um, yeah. I'm used to, you know, like if something, like if it drops, like it's on me. Um, but, you know, we talked it out. And like I said, we had been, we had a relationship over the years and we were like, man, let's just, like, what's the worst that could happen? We could try this thing and then it doesn't work and it's totally fun, right? Like then yeah. maybe yeah. we to do it on our own. Um, but like I said, it's been a great, it's been a great relationship, man. It's been great. Um, I'm gonna bullet through things. Okay, bear, bear with me. Would you do college loans again? No. Wow. Um, it, it, but how would have things been different? Like, did you meet your wife in college? I did. Oh man, but you no, know, no, you wouldn't do college loans again. You wouldn't. Are Are you gonna pay for your kids to go to college? Yes. Just Just pay cash, like my yes. mom did. Yes. Yeah. Man, you're a good dad. Um, when you make these posts um, about um, showing that you paid off your student loans, what what do you hope? Like, let's just let's just say that everything we post on Instagram is just bragging, and it's stuff that we want the Joneses. Like, if I show that I bought a new car and it's a new Suburban, it cost me one hundred ten thousand dollars. I'm basically letting everyone know they should do that too. Or if I show someone that I'm high on ecstasy at a rave, I'm telling everyone, "Hey, you should do that too." What are you? Is that what you're doing? You're posting that and being like, "Look how happy I am! I'm debt free." But it's kind of a healthy disease you're trying to spread. Yeah. So yeah. So um, I'm going to take two minutes to talk about this. We're not going to make a book like quick. All right. So so when I grew up, like I said again, single mom low income, poverty, all of that. When I grew up, the only way um, for a few years there, I thought the only way I could be successful is if I dribbled a, if I played with some type of ball to make millions or I was an entertainer because that's the, the only people that were African-American like me that were uber successful were, were the ones on TV that played a sport or they were entertainers. Um, and then, you know, I, I got some mentors early and figured out like I could do, you know, you could, there's other things you can do. So now for me, I want kids to see all kids, but especially kids that look like me to see, Hey, like there's nothing wrong with dribbling a ball. Like I like, there's nothing wrong with playing sports and being entertaining, but like understand that that is not, that, that is not how more than likely you're going to take care of your family. Right. And there's guys out there that run successful businesses. Um, so let me tell you a little story. J- just the other day, a few days ago, um, we like to joke around that, like our front yard is sort of like Sesame Street. It's sort of like the United Nations. We have like, it's like I'll go out in the front yard. We have a Asian kid, Indian kid, black kid, white kid, Indian kid. I'm like, like what are the you know just kids just having kids being kids having a great time, right? Um, but there was a kid other other day was over here happened to be a black kid, and I don't know how we started talking about it, 
Um, he made comment. He was like, well, you know, the only people that are rich are white people. I was like, what? I was like, what did you say? He was like, well, like, who do you see with the big homes and the nice cars? And that, and when he said that, like, I talked to him a little bit, but I was like, this is what motivates me to post this stuff about my life. Um, some people take it as bragging. Um, but for me, I want kids and folks to see, like, you can do whatever you want to do. Um, and you can do it the right way. It has nothing to do with the color of your skin, where you come from, how you grew up. You can do it. There's people out there doing it. But so many people, what, what happens is most people, when they become successful, they sort of fly under the radar. And you have to. I get that. But if we don't ever talk about what's possible, then we have a, another generation of kids like I did just grew up thinking like, hey, it's a like it's a professional athlete or a multi Grammy Award winning entertainer or bust, right? It's either I'm going to be in the NBA or I'm going to work at Walmart Warehouse. There's nothing wrong with working at Walmart Warehouse. I want to be clear about that. But I'm just saying, like, those are the two right. you know, the two ends of the spectrum. Either I'm going right. to do this or I'm going to do this. There's no like, right. hey, you know what? I'm going to build a business that's going to do well for my family and it's going to take care of my kids and my kids are probably going to work in this business that I built up. So that's why I talk about this type of stuff right here, um, because I know a ton of people of all races increase with, with a ton of student loans. So for me, when I post that stuff, like I hope that someone will reach out to me and say, how'd you do that? And then we can talk about it so I can let them see like it's possible. Like it will suck at times. There were times it sucked. You know, everyone, you know, everyone likes a cool story like, oh, two hundred and three grand in 27 months. If you know, if I do the math, that's about seven, eight grand a month. Oh, well, look, look, you, you, obviously you must make a ton of money if you can do that every single month. Well, let's not talk about that, right? Like that's neither here nor there. With your income and your debt, are you paying even a hundred dollars a month on your debt? No, yeah. I'm not. Yeah. Well, you're not even doing anything. So don't talk about what someone else is doing. You got to do the small stuff first and then it just sort of snowballs for lack of a better term. And then you start doing things that you can do. So for me, absolutely. Like I could really care less um, what people think, but I want people to know like, Hey, it's possible, right? Like it is possible to do all of these things that you dreamed of. Yes, it will be hard. It's funny. My wife and I were putting away something the other day. We're trying to find, I don't know, social security card or something. And we found our, um, before we found our, our W2 from like, from like nine years ago, it was my wife. My wife wasn't working at the time. She had finished work taking care of the kids. We had the two young kids. We didn't have the third one. And we saw our W-2 and it was for like $35,000, family of four. Like that's the stuff that like- I no, won't even pay your taxes now. Exactly. Right? <laughs> like, like people don't yeah. even, like, 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 like that's stuff people don't even think about or really talk about because that's not the cool stuff, right? But when I saw that, I was like, man, look how far we've come in such a short amount of time. You know, and like that's what I tell people. Like, if you really want something, are you willing to go in the cave for five to seven years? If you're willing to go to go in the cave for five to seven years with your family, you're going to come out with pretty much everything that you're willing to work for. Most people aren't willing to do that, though. Like, like they're just not five years is too long. Like, what do you mean? No vacation, no fun. Right. Like, no, like for five years, there's none of that. And then what if, what if we also told them this, Sherman? You never get there. So, so here's my thing. So that's the crazy thing. People like us, like we know it's basically all we're doing. And I'm open to being wrong. If you have a different mindset than me, we're basically just mitigating disaster. Yeah. Like we don't want to be caught. What, what did you say? What Warren about? We don't want to be caught with the tide out and everyone see us that we're skinny dipping. Yeah. 
So, man, it, it, for those of you who don't have kids, now's the time, ma'am. Put oh, your yes. head down and grind. So but, here's the thing. I, I don't believe that anyone, like, I think this is a mirror. I think anyone can reach specific goals. I think that some people have goals that no, like, like you're not going to be like, you're probably not going to make $50 million a year. Like that's probably not going to happen. But if you have realistic goals, um, you know, and realistic, you have to really sit down and look at like, what are you bringing to the table? Like these type of things, most people can reach whatever goals they really set for themselves. Like, like I strongly believe. Yeah. Like I strongly believe. Right. I agree. I agree. Uh, by by not get there, I mean Joe Rogan's not happy that he has the biggest podcast in the world. Yeah. Like, it's great. I'm sure he's fucking happy, but it's not like he still has an itch. Your oh. itch doesn't, your itch does never, never goes away. Yeah. It never, it never goes away. Um, when I when I was homeless, I pick I, I and I got that job seven dollars an hour working at a home for disabled adults. I used my money to buy a video camera, and I carried that video camera everywhere I went for basically ten years. Hmm. And I just interviewed people nonstop, and I made just and and I and I plugged in computers into cigarette lighters in cars and slept in cars overnight for years, editing late at night and. You know, I didn't have a goal, but, but I was on a mission and I had a habit and I would have never thought that, um, 30 years of interviewing people would bring me to having the discussion with Sherman Merrick's from the, from the comfort of his home. And, and, and it paid off. I I didn't even know where I was going, Yeah, but I put my head down and now this thing, I just saw, you know, with 350,000 downloads on iTunes last week alone. Like the yeah. things just, it's just crazy. But, but, but also once again, when we started, um, six months ago, it wasn't like that. It was 500 downloads. It was yep. depressing. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I, I, um, I truly like, I truly believe that, um, people want what's best for them. But I think that so many people are just, distracted with so much noise out there, right? Like I see some of you people in the comments, someone said, I'm a teacher, just paid off my car, pay additional money off my mortgage each month. Feels great. Like, that's oh, the type feels of stuff, so like, good. Like that's the type of stuff that like fires me up, man, right? Like that's the kind of stuff that fires me up because I know that, look, single father of three talking to his kids, like that's the stuff that fires me up because the freedom that his girls are going to have, this teacher going to have, like down the road, you know, it's probably not going to be freedom like today, right? Like, right. Anything that's very hard, like you talked about, like you talk about when you're sleeping in the car, like that's not the fun part. No, you know, the fun part isn't um, paying off your car early. Um, you know, investing no, in your that that sucks that doing stuff. that. Yeah, like that's not like that's not the fun part. The fun part is when you get to the other side and you finally get to check that off and you reach that goal. Now everyone says, "Oh, it must be nice," and you're like, "Absolutely, it is nice. I made the sacrifice for it to be nice. Yes, it is nice, and you can have it too if you're willing to sacrifice and work for it." And when you do two years of what you did, paying it off ends up not even being the great thing. You have like you you built some insane habits and discipline oh. in that two years, huh? Yeah, yeah. It's not even, you know, like eventually, you know, like I had a um, I had one of my best friends tell me when, when I told him because I'm one of those people. Once I want something, I tell people to hold myself accountable. Um, and my buddy, he's a little bit older. He was like, I was like, man, I'm gonna do it. He was like, you've already done it. He was like, if you just told me you're gonna do it, you really bought in. You're like you're gonna do it, 
He, he was like, it's already done. He was like, now get to work and do it. He was like, but it's already done. And I was like, what do you mean? And now, like, when I when I paid it off and made that last payment and called him and we celebrated, he was like, what do you mean? Like, I told you 27 months ago, like, it was already done because you decided. And, you know, that's the thing, like, my wife, man, my wife, my biggest supporter, like, she says stuff to me and I'm just like, do you really think that's possible? She's like, what do you mean? Like, you don't see it? I'm like, no, I don't see it. Um, but my wife sees things in me that, like, semi yes. me, right? And I'm just like, yes, that's crazy. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, that's like, so odd. That made me so happy to hear that. I, I always wonder that every every person I interview, that's one of the questions I always write down on the paper. Who believed in you? Who believes in you? Man, if you can get one person to believe in you, and I and I know that's not I know we should we're supposed to believe in ourselves, but man, my wife believes in me and it's nuts. So does my mom. It's yeah, crazy. I'm about to say, I'm about to say, I have my wife, has some great friends about my wife, my mom, my sister. Like, I know. Yeah, like my I, sister believes in me like crazy, too. It's nuts. Just like, man, this is it. Right? Like, I can do anything. I freaking walk to the moon if I had to. Like, like they'll believe yeah. I can do it. <laughs> Um, um, Sherman, what, these are some things I wrote down and I would love for you to, um, add some things to this list, practical things that you can do to save money. And, and I just thought of this one. One of the things I have, I have a hundred fruit trees and when I was balling, I didn't eat any of my own fruit. I gave it away. I let it fall on the ground. Now I pick all my fruit. And yeah. even when I was in college to save money, I would walk around my neighborhood in California and pick fruit to save money. I would just pick tons of fruit because there's times of the year where there's so much fruit in California just falling on sidewalks. Um, huh. Stop drinking. Um, I don't go to other people to, to save money. I don't go to other people's weddings. I, like I, I don't feel obligated to buy people presents. I cut back on my, I, I told you I canceled my Sirius XM membership. I cut back on the expensive dog food. I don't, I don't buy coffee when I go out anymore. I turn off my computer at night to save money on electricity. I make sure all the lights are out. If I don't need three light bulbs and a lamp and I need to save money, I unscrew two of them. So like that room, when you turn on the light, all three lights don't go on. Um, my wife doesn't have a wedding ring. Uh, don't drink alcohol. Do you have any like practical things that people could just like start today and be like, okay, I'm going to save money doing that. Yes. Yeah, so, so like, I'm going to give you one thing that is uh -huh. going to, so the one thing, if I had to pick one that they're going to do is going to get on a zero based budget. Okay. And if they don't know what a zero based budget is, just Google it, Google zero based budget and do your finance. If they do their finances like that, that will give them more freedom than they had in years. Because when you know where every dollar is going, and I don't think necessarily, I don't think that once you get to a certain income level, you necessarily have to know where every dollar is going. But while you're trying to pay off debt and do other things, you need to be on a zero-based budget because every dollar is important. You need to know where every dollar is going so that um, you're not wasting money on coffee if you really don't have money for it or you're not, you know, buying gifts if you really can't afford gifts. So living on a strict budget, that's the big one. Get on a strict budget. Thank you, Caleb. Zero-based budgeting is a method of budgeting in which all expenses must be justified for each new period. The budgets are then built around what is needed for the upcoming period, regardless of whether each budget is higher or lower than the previous one. I don't know what that means. I don't even know what I just read. What, what, what's, what's the summary of that? Basically don't spend more than you make every month. Yes. Um, yes. And you basically have to, you basically have to, um, do your budget each month before it, um, before it, 
before the money comes in, right? So if you know, hey, I make $4,000 per year, I mean, $4,000 per month, you're going right. to budget all of that out to where your expenses and everything you're going to spend going to equal to zero, right? Your savings and everything. Uh, I had you on the show early on, huh? Yeah, you did early on. And then were you also on the CrossFit podcast with me? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I have uh three. I, I didn't even touch any of this stuff that, that um, I wanted to talk about um, generational wealth more. I wanted to talk about addressing as a black man versus a white man. I wanted to talk about this. Uh, we touched on a little bit about um, what, what, what people think they're capable of doing based on their ethnicity or race. I want to talk about mentors and mentees. I wanted to, I, I didn't even get to talk about your gym. I wanted to talk about the whole last two years of your yeah. gym and just the, so uh, I guess um, I, I have a pretty crazy two couple weeks coming up with Wadapalooza. I'm oh, going to mil milk that for everything it's worth to yep. increase my viewership. Yeah, I, I mean because I love the sport of CrossFit, and yeah. uh, and then I'll circle back around with you and we got to have you back on. I want to talk about David. Uh, Dave, what's the guy's name? David Ramsey's. Oh yeah, Dave Ramsey. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is that the guy? Should people be looking into him? Absolutely, Dave Ramsey's the man. He's the man. Yeah, you He's give him man. a lot of love. I do. Um, uh, but I'm off to deal with my um, to to face my 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 uncomfortable day. I'm going to go put All right, a mask man. Well, yeah, circle back around. <laughs> we didn't even get to the good stuff either. So no, we'll what is the good stuff? Tell me what's the good stuff. Generational wealth. Yes. That's okay. Like, that's a big one because that, because that really, yeah, like that really, yeah, that's a whole nother conversation right there. In and okay. It really is. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Sherman Merrick's with an S everything else is spelled just how you would think. Um, it's at Sherm five S H E R M five. Um, uh, he's the owner of uh, Dynasty CrossFit in Gainesville, Florida. He's also owner and CEO of Lasso Frameworks, along with his buddy Blake. And there was one more thing. Oh, the Matrimony uh, Matrimony and Money podcast. Check him out on iTunes. I listened to two episodes last night. Very good. Oh, wait, wait, wait. One more thing. You stopped doing that. the last episodes in February of twenty twenty uh, third. Yeah, I'm going to bring it back. So what happened? Bring again, that back. That is so good. Listen, I'm one of those people where like, I'm like, I got to focus. So I was like, until I pay off the debt, I'm not doing it. But I am bringing it back in 2022. Okay. Um, um, and I'm going to have my wife on with me more as well. She tried to she tried to fly under the radar too much, but I got to have her on. Like if I had her on my <laughs> podcast more, I could probably have 300,000 downloads a week too. But she like, yeah, she's always flying on the radar. I need it to be us. Um, I can't even end the broadcast. Can you do that, Caleb? Like none of my buttons are working. You're the man. Thanks, dude. <laughs>